0: Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Today, we are talking about the dark night of the soul. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so it isn't actually that ominous. Another way you could think about it is the existential crisis, uh, a moment where you feel like you have no clue who you are, what you want, what the point of life is, and you are in the abyss of the unknown with no sense of clarity, direction, or progress. That is how it can feel when you're in what we often refer to as the dark night of the soul. So today's episode, I am going to dive into a time in which I felt like I was in a dark night of the soul because I think it'll give some clarity to anyone out there who's experiencing this now or who has experienced it before. Now, you may remember, I've mentioned that I would be recording this episode. This is like my third time over the past year where I've tried to record this episode. I've already recorded entire versions of it to other occasions, but the story felt incomplete. And I just, I just got the sense that it was not the time. And so here I am on my third time here because I've had some new learnings and insights that I think will help contribute to this episode. And for those of you who want to hear more about that journey, go to the Ownership and Being Your Own Miracle episode. It aired a couple weeks back, but it'll give you some insight about the last time I tried to record this episode and some of the takeaways I got from it. So that's there for you, for you as well. Now, before we get into the thick of it, I do want to share a work win. And today I am celebrating my client who has received a promotion. Now, we've worked together for about six months and he began working with me right when he began a new position at a new company. And so in just six months, he received a raise and received a promotion from an individual contributor level where he was you know, doing the work and doing a great job at it into a managerial position. So now he has a team of reports that report to him and he is a leader. So I am here to celebrate this client because this is an incredible accomplishment. This is a swift way to show the progress that he has made, his ability to show up. We've coached on some different topics related to communication, related to trust, related to how to make the biggest impact in your first few months on the job. And he has taken the lessons learned and he has immediately applied them and gotten this incredible result from it. So congratulations. I am so excited for him and I can't wait to see how he continues to learn, evolve, and grow in his leadership position.
1: Okay. The dark night of the soul, my friends. Oh, it sounds so dark,
0: And so what I want to do is I want to define it and then I'm going to share my story and we're going to let it unfold that way. And from this, you will get clarity on what it looks like to be in a dark night of the soul, how to respond to it and some strategies to help you along the way. So what is the dark night of the soul? Well, it's a really dramatic way to talk about a period in life that can feel really dramatic and almost traumatizing. And what a dark night of the soul is, is it is a period of time in which you have realized you are not the person you were, but you do not yet know the person you are. And so you're stuck in between states of being. It feels like you're in the dark and it feels like you don't know yourself anymore. It feels like everything has crumbled around you in terms of your values, your beliefs, what you see as what you want and what you don't want, how you want to show up. All of those pieces are crumbling away. You feel it and you don't really have any sense of direction for what to do about it because you don't know the next version that you want to be of who you are. Think about it like, you know, those building blocks you get as a child. Well, you've, you've built up a tower, you build up a tower and then something happens and it gets knocked over. Either somebody steps too closely to your beautiful tower and the vibration on the floor causes the tower to tumble, or you make the wrong move and everything falls apart. Or you look at it and you decide, this is not what I wanted. And you... Make it collapse. You hit the tower and it falls down. And now, what do you have? You have a crumbled representation of a tower. You have all of the pieces thrown across the floor in chaos and disarray, no tower to be had, and no new tower being built. That's where you're at with the dark night of the soul. The tower is collapsing or has already collapsed, depending on where you catch yourself in this dark night. But it's, it's crumbling away. You, the essence of how you've defined yourself even, is crumbling away
1: into debris. And you don't have plans for what the next tower is going to look like yet. Now, as a
0: kid, you're playing with these blocks. You just look at the pile and you say, okay, what's next? And you build a new tower. And you probably knock that down eventually too, where something happens and it falls down and you start again. But when
1: we're talking about it as you as a person, it's a lot more impacting than just knocking over a tower because it is... It is you. It is
0: how you represent yourself. And so what can happen during this period is we don't take on the mentality of a kid building a tower. We don't say, okay, try that. Let's see what's next. Because we can get really attached to our identity, to who we believe we are. And so when that starts to crumble away, whether by choice or by life circumstance, it feels like a really big deal. And the more attached we are to our identity, the more our ego has defined itself in a certain way, the more difficult it is in this crumbling process. You're in between identities. You're in the dark, the dark night of the soul. And so that's why it's called dark, because you literally feel like you cannot see. You have no path forward, no blueprint, no tower to be built. That's the dark part. Why? Is it the soul, the dark night of the soul and not just the dark night? Well, because it has to do with the essence of who you are. It's you coming to terms with that energetic quality, that essence that you are. It is you embodying yourself beyond a human,
1: beyond just seeing the illusion of you. Not the perfectly constructed version but the you
0: beyond the tower. And so the soul is the you that's there with or without the tower. In debris or tower constructed, the energetic essence, the quality, that vibrational frequency, that energy light that you are is there. You don't need a tower for it to be there. You don't need to construct some structure around it for it to be there. It's always there but without that structure around it which I'll think of as like that egoic persona we're just left with with ourselves that soul version and no idea of what to do with it as a human and so we can feel really lost
1: and really alone and really isolated and really obscure it can feel like we don't know what's wrong and this is different than clinical depression. And I
0: am not a medical doctor. I do not give medical advice. Do not take anything I say as me giving medical advice here because that is not what I'm doing. For me, it is not something for us to see as a problem when we're in the dark night of the soul. It isn't something to correct for. It's simply something to experience. And it's something we all go through at some point in our life if we are pushing and growing and evolving ourselves. If we are open to change and not rigid in our structure and how we define ourselves, it means at some point you'll have a dark night of the soul and potentially multiple. Because as we evolve as a person, the more we attach to each version of ourselves, the more difficult it is to shed to become anew. And in that difficulty, that resistance is where the turmoil can sometimes come.
1: Where it doesn't just feel like you freely let the tower fall with no issue. And so today's episode will be about the crumbling away,
0: how we often approach it, and some tips that I've gleaned from personal experience as well and to help. Go through it. To make this episode come to life, I'm going to share an example of one of my dark nights of the soul. And I say one of because I do believe this isn't like a one time occurrence situation here. It can happen more than once, but I do think some are more involved than others because, like I said, the more attached you are to your identity the more the ego resists and the harder it is to evolve to that next version. And so it's not that everyone is going to feel as intense as the one I'm about to share with you. But if it does, it's not that you are wrong or that something's wrong with you. And so I want to share my own experience here. And as you listen, parallel it with your own life. You might find naturally some memories coming up for you of how you've experienced this. And you might glean some insights for yourself from your own life and how you approached it. And so that is my hope, my desire for today that you can leave with some specifics to help you process maybe the dark night you've had in the past and also prepare for a future one that could come. Okay. I'm going to start with, I don't know if you just heard that my dog just barked. (laughs) I guess he's chiming in. I'm going to start with when I first received a new position. Now, I had completed my life coach certification at this time in my life, and I had been in an internal battle with myself for quite a while about some of the tools that I'd been taught in the certification. There was nothing inherently wrong with the tools, they are helpful tools, but they were very mentally based. And so I kept trying to make every aspect of life and how I coached fit into this mental framework, this mental model for how we create results and actions in our life. And I just could not get myself to accept this model. And I'm going to call it the model because that's what the tool was, was called in this certification that I went through. To iterate again, the model is an incredible tool. It can transform how you, your clients, if you're a coach, show up. It has a time and place to be incredibly impactful. And I found that to be the case for me when I first discovered this tool. But what was happening is I was trying to make this model do everything for me. I wanted it to not just show me my mind. I wanted it to show me my heart. I wanted it to understand my soul. I wanted it to talk about the energetic essence of who we are. And this tool does not do that. This tool is about the mind, how to manage your mind, how to coach your mind and the thoughts that the mind creates. But it did not expand beyond that. And so it is an incredible tool to use in the moment when you're going through something, your ego is charged to figure out how are you thinking about what's going on and how can you use the model to help yourself see a new way to be and to help yourself to let go of some of the thoughts that you're holding on to this is you helping by coaching your ego but as a coach i wanted to get beyond the ego i wanted to bring soul into it and i wanted to bring intuition into it and divine inspiration but divine inspiration lives beyond the model beyond this framework that I had been taught. And yet, instead of just saying, okay, great, let me find another tool to help me with that instance, I just kept getting frustrated at myself or the tool. I kept feeling like I had to make everything fit into this neat little tool that I had discovered because that's what coaches did, right? I'd gone through this certification, and in this process, what I had done is I had deferred my own judgment, my own opinions, and my own beliefs to the school that I had been going through. And it was like I had told myself, I'm going to hit pause on me for a while and just take in this
1: information without filtering it through my own inner wisdom. And what that led to is me forgetting myself. So I completed this certification,
0: but I forgot myself along the way. And for those of you who are out there, maybe you haven't gone through a certification, but this might show up in grad school. This might show up in your first job. This might show up as you're in a new relationship. You put yourself on pause because you want to maybe fully take in whatever's around you. But in so doing, you disconnect from your inner wisdom, that soul essence inside, that quality that says, yes, we stand for this or no, we don't. And so I had put that part of me, who is all of me, really,
1: on pause. I basically put earplugs in to my soul and said, Hey, you're wrong.
0: Or, Hey, we're not going to listen to you right now. And I told myself that every thought that I had was simply a thought. And so, anytime I did catch a glimpse of my soul speaking up, chiming in, saying, Hey, this isn't the way right now, I would tell myself, That's just a thought. And every thought is something to just coach yourself on. And so I'd analyze each thought to try to let it go. I took every thought in as just a thought. And I basically was gaslighting myself in the process by telling myself my own thoughts didn't matter because they were simply thoughts that popped up in my head to either release or to choose. The problem was I was using the tool, the model against myself because instead of using it to hear me, I was using it to mute my soul. And so, while from a mental perspective, I was becoming really good at understanding my
1: mind from a spiritual essence, from a spiritual perspective, I was losing touch with who I truly was. In the process. And I know that sounds really
0: bad. (laughs) I hear it and I think, even right now, I think, how could I have let that
1: happen? But I hear myself respond. It needed to happen for me
0: to understand that there is more to us than our mind. We are not just an accumulation of our thoughts or our actions. We are not simply the way we think. It's not, I think, therefore I am in a mental aspect. It really depends on how you define consciousness. Because if you define consciousness as the thoughts that you think, in terms of a sentence, we are so much more beyond that. But instead, if you think of a consciousness as a
1: presence, a quality of being, Beyond thought, beyond words, there is so much to us.
0: And sometimes the way we hear ourselves, the way that inner wisdom speaks to us, translates to us, is we take its quality and we translate it into words that sound like a thought. But it is not the same. You have your mental thoughts, that egoic sentence that comes across your brain or pops up to you. But then you have your soul's wisdom that speaks as well. And so, what we need to do is we need to get good at discerning the difference, not from an analytical place, though, from an intuitive knowing. This is what I help my clients with. And this is what was missing at this time in my life. So, I complete the certification. I have this new tool. I am coaching. People are getting results. I'm getting results. I stopped eating chocolate, which sounds really simple, but this is something I I would say was addicted to. Maybe not in a, the same extent that you can get addicted to other drugs and substances, but I needed, I clinged to it. I, get, I was able to stop craving it, stop needing it. And I stopped eating it for over a year. I got to the point where It wasn't something I felt like I required in order to feel better. So I stopped eating chocolate. I dropped 35 pounds. I began speaking up. I ran a half marathon. I was healthier than I'd
1: ever been on the outside. But on the inside, something felt like it was missing. I
0: felt like I was in this battle with myself. I kept thinking I should be able to make this mental framework work for all aspects
1: of life. And so instead of trusting this urge that I had within that
0: it was not the whole story, I told myself that was simply my thought and I needed to coach myself out of it. And so I basically diminished my own opinion, thwarted down my own wisdom and knowing,
1: to try to force a tool to fit. And I got really good at it. But I still did not feel complete.
0: I saw other coaches using this tool getting incredible results as well. Results like I had been getting. But I didn't hear them saying that it felt incomplete, which made me think I must be doing something wrong. And I would start beating up on myself. Why can't I just accept that this is what it is? Why can't I just decide that all thoughts are just thoughts? All thoughts create feelings. Inspiration comes from how you're thinking. And that you can create your own results. Like at the most simplistic terms, that was really the framework and the way that the model was approaching things. Circumstances were neutral. Your thoughts or how you responded to those circumstances. And those were things that were not factual, which meant you could change them. And those thoughts created how you felt and those feelings created what you did and those actions created your results. End of story. And it's something that sounds really good in theory. And in theory, it's accurate. But it's like a science experiment where in the lab, when everything around you is controlled, you can have a result. But then when you get into the real world, you have other people, you have energy, you have magic, really. I know that might sound childish, but think about it. If we assume that the only things known are the things that we've discovered, and we use that to mean science is what we know and what we've discovered, then you take out any chance of the fact that we might not be able to measure yet something that exists that we do not see or feel. But energy, everything is made up of energy. And, and so if the basis of everything is energy, where does energy
1: fit from a mental perspective? Well, a thought, it's like an electrowave, a thought
0: wave. And so in a sense that that is energy as well.
1: But all thoughts. Waves of energy do not have to come from the mind. We are
0: in this world together. We are not in our own world by ourselves. There's
1: other beings here, other people, trees, animals, the sun, the moon, other planets. And so if we get out of the lab
0: of the model in theory and how it works and we think about the
1: energetic aspects of who we are, things get a little more nuanced. And so what I was not allowing myself to do was to allow for the
0: nuance, allow for the spirit. I was squashing the spirit by making everything into a mental practice to analyze and to coach on. I was getting more
1: and more in my head and less and less in touch with my body and my spirit. I was trying to make a tool do all things for me. And when it wasn't working, I was telling myself I was wrong. And I was going through all this alone.
0: I had some coach friends who I still have and love dearly, who I would share my thoughts with and they would help me and offer some perspective and and hear me.
1: But I just could not understand how people could embrace something so simply
0: when it felt to me like there was so much more. But I would not let myself own this belief that there was more. I kept telling myself that I was maybe just wrong to think that. And so here I was, certified. I've been created all these results. My clients also getting results. My clients getting jobs, getting promotions, starting their own businesses, getting clients from it,
1: using this tool. So the tool worked but I was not the whole story. And that just kept nagging at me. And so what did I do? I dove in deeper
0: to the tool. I resisted my inner wisdom even more. And I told myself, I just needed to try harder. I must not be trying enough. My beliefs must not yet be strong enough. So I kept coaching myself and getting coaches to coach me on how I was thinking to try to help me to embrace this framework that just didn't feel right. I made my feelings mean I was having a thought, not that they actually could be wisdom guiding me to
1: expand my ideas about what it meant to be a human.
0: And so I buckled down got really good at coaching from this mental place and was then hired to become a coach for a company because of my incredible abilities to coach the mind and to create results with uh, myself and to help my clients have the space to do so for themselves as well. I ended up getting hired internally by a company and getting an internal role coaching at the director level in training
1: other coaches in terms of how to build their businesses using this framework. And I was working at this company, by the way.
0: Please do not take anything I'm saying to mean that this, the model is bad. It's just the way I was using it was not working. Or you could say it was working because everyone was getting results, but I felt like something was missing. Because it was not bringing in intuition, energy, and the way in which we are all connected. Think about the infinity symbol for a moment here. What you have is you have this loop, these two sides to it, but this loop. And that's how I see energy in a way. You have you energetically on one side, putting out to the universe, and the universe. And other people responding to you. We are in an exchange of energy at all times. And so, yes, you can say that you're in a room and there's energy around you, and you can choose to think about how you interpret that energy for sure.
1: But that doesn't deny the fact that this energy around us can impact us. And so, I was director level in this company, coaching. And it got to the point where I felt like I needed to go.
0: Because staying there felt like I was denying this truth within. And this was a really hard choice for me to make. Because while working there, I had an incredible coach. And I was working with her, and I remember sitting there with her saying, I don't think I should quit this company until I feel at peace in this company because I should be able to control how I'm thinking and feeling, and I should be able to get to a place of contentment or happiness or even just neutralness before I leave because." That would show that I'd done my work to coach myself through something. And so I kept trying to feel okay with being there so that I would be able to then leave because I didn't want to leave because my emotions had gotten the best of me. But through coaching, she would say things like Is that true? Do you really need to wait until you feel? Neutral. What if that weren't true? And she was building these
1: openings for me to consider hearing myself again. And I had been so convinced
0: that I should be able to manage my mind, and that if I was having intense feelings of dread about going and continuing to work there, or feeling like a hypocrite for working there that it meant that I needed to manage my mind and change how I was thinking. What I've come to realize was those were cues that I was out of alignment with myself. It wasn't that I needed to change how I was thinking. It was that I needed to change what I was doing. I needed to go because it was not in alignment with me anymore. And yet I wasn't letting myself go because I thought that was giving up. I thought that I had to be okay with where I was at instead of just letting me not feeling okay mean that it's because it wasn't a fit for me any longer. It took months and months and months of me in this same spiral of saying I wanted to go, but saying that I shouldn't go of telling myself why it was wrong to go, but of reminding myself that it felt like it was time to go back and forth, over and over, getting coached on it, talking to my husband about it, crying each night about it, not knowing what to do. And every time I denied the wisdom within, feeling less connected to who I was. It's like if you get a, I just flashed an image of a piece of fruit. On the outside, it looks beautifully fresh, but you cut into that apple and you see how it's already browned at the core. You see how it's mushy on the inside, that it's already been spoiled internally, even though on the outside, it looks fine still. That's what was happening is I was kind of spoiling on the inside
1: because I wasn't honoring myself. I was denying my truth And in so doing, collapsing inward. While on the outside,
0: it might not have yet looked like that. And my actions still didn't represent that.
1: But then one morning, I woke up. (laughs) Figuratively and literally. And
0: it wasn't like I snapped my fingers and I realized everything was fine. No. It was that one morning, I woke up before starting my day in this job and I felt awful, physically awful. I didn't feel sick. I just felt chaotic. It was like every cell in my body was vibrating in a different direction. It just felt really bad, really weird. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know it was wrong. And so I just felt like I have all this energy in me. I need to get it out. And so I went outside for a walk and I began walking to try to get some of this angst out of me. Walking didn't feel like enough. So I began running. I began running to try to get this out of me. And then I reached this point where I felt sick, like I was nauseous and I was going to vomit. So here I am, not too far from home, but not right next door either, realizing that I needed to vomit. And so I began half running, half walking, because I didn't want to, you know, cause too much of a ruckus internally by running and jolting my system too much when I felt like I was already going to puke. And so I half walked, half ran home, got inside, immediately went right to the bathroom and sat down and vomited like six times in a row.
1: I have never puked so much in one sitting. And I remember then, you know, I'm on
0: my knees here having just puked. I remember sitting up then after I was, you know, finished puking. And the only thought inside
1: was, this job is making you literally sick. You need to listen to yourself. It's time to go. And I sat there and I heard me. I felt me. I knew me. I let myself honor this voice within. I let
0: myself not dismiss it as another thought to coach myself on. I let myself know that it was okay to go even before feeling okay with staying that i did not have to try
1: to be okay with something that i was not okay with so i flushed the toilet <laughs> i left the bathroom you know brushed my teeth and then i went
0: and i wrote up my notice saying that i was leaving now i didn't send it in right away i wanted to give myself an, a day so I could sleep on it to make sure that I wasn't just in some weird state and it was all gonna change in the morning. And I could have just sent it then, but I wasn't I, I wasn't ready to do so. And so I gave myself the night, and the next
1: morning I got up and I sent it off. It took me physically making myself ill in order
0: for me to acknowledge that it was not a fit. And what I learned from that experience was the fact that no matter what, I will find a way to hear my truth. It's just a matter of when I choose to listen and honor it. The body works with the soul it'll find a way to let you know what you need or what's next for you. And so if you feel a little disgruntled and you don't do anything about it, it grows. And for me, it grew into physically vomiting six times. It was like I was vomiting away all my resistance, all of my concerns about what if I'm wrong and just let myself release it so that I could honor what was right for me. Now, I'd love to say that what happened next was I quit my job, and then I owned who I was, and I began coaching with soul, and that was the end of the story.
1: But that that was not my case. So I put in my notice, and then I left. And this is where the night got real dark. This is where I truly entered
0: the full dark night of the soul. Because at this point, I'd vomited away
1: a lot of resistance. And so I was crumbling. And once I left that job, I felt
0: like I was in the utter dark because that it wasn't just the job. It was who I had been. It was this version of me that was trying to be analytical and mental about how it approached coaching. And me realizing that did not work and was not the whole story. And so, what had happened was my beliefs about what it meant to coach were radically shifting. And I was letting go of a lot of the ways that I had been taught and a lot of these rules I had put in place on what it meant to be a good coach. So, all of those were crumbling away, but I didn't have anything to replace them with yet. And so, I felt terrible emotionally. I felt so disconnected because even though I had done what I knew, knew that I needed to do, at my core, knew that I needed to go so I could find my way, my soul's way, I didn't know what that way was yet. So here I was in the dark. I felt like I had taken this courageous step to show up for me, to quit, and to go into the unknown. But there was no one there to greet me. At least I couldn't. F- I didn't feel it yet. And yet I still had clients to coach, but no way to coach them. I felt like I, I had nothing. Like, it felt like I'd forgotten the alphabet. Like, I didn't know what to do in my coaching sessions. And so I didn't want to coach using the framework, the model that I'd been taught. And so I just kind of did whatever felt right in the moment and tried to listen to my intuition. And it was rocky for a bit.
1: My clients still were getting results, though. I was coaching differently. I was, because
0: I had let go of my training and my egoic ways, not that my ego was never there, but that I wasn't coaching from the mind alone. I, I just couldn't go there. Like, I thought about using a model and I literally felt sick inside. Like, that same feeling from before when I, before I'd quit my job would come up, and I was like, okay, can't, not going to do that. And so I would just
1: take some deep breaths and listen within and intuitively coach. No framework to guide me. And it, helped my clients but i felt lost
0: i felt wrong and so basically my my uh, business came to a roaring halt as well because a coach that doesn't believe in the tools they've used and also doesn't believe they have any other way to do it other than random intuitive hits that i was not yet comfortable fully owning a coach that doesn't have a sense of value in themselves doesn't really attract very many clients. And so my business came to a halt and I was lost. This is the deepest dark night of my soul. And I remember one morning during this period, I was in the the bedroom facing the bed. I just fell
1: backwards onto the bed in complete despair crying. Because I I knew what I'd been doing, coaching mentally, wasn't the way.
0: And I knew I didn't know the way. And I knew that I was in this uncertainty, in this unknown, and I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't yet see a way out of it. I didn't know the point of life. I didn't understand my purpose. I felt disconnected from why I was even here. And I knew that nothing could take away the suffering in that moment,
1: not even death. Because at that point, I also knew the energetic essence, the
0: energy quality of who I was. And so even death would not solve the issue because I would live on energetically and be faced
1: with the same obstacle again of who am i why am i here what's the point so there really felt like there was no way out and i remember I got up from the bed with this feeling, and I went to the living room, and my husband was sitting there, and I said, Jordan, I need some help. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want.
0: There is no solution is how it feels now, because even dying
1: would not solve this deep sense of not knowing anything, of feeling like there's no point. And while saying that was not easy, it also was the only thing I could do. And sharing that with him, he didn't really say much. But he got up and he gave me the biggest hug. And in that moment,
0: even though I still had no sense of clarity,
1: it was like a seed of relief had been planted. Because even though I had no sense of direction, at least I was owning how I felt. At least
0: I was accepting where I was at. And somebody
1: else was there accepting me in that place too. I wasn't alone, even though I also was alone. And that was the point where the dark night of the soul had a glimmer, a tiny little spark of light to it. So, if you've been in this place before, what helped me was truly acknowledging where he was at, not just by saying it,
0: but by accepting it, letting go of this idea that I had to figure it all out. I just acknowledged I haven't figured it out. And in this moment, I don't
1: know. I don't know. And accepting that that's just where I was at. And then sharing with somebody and letting his acceptance of me be received by me as a way of
0: me accepting myself. Sometimes the way there isn't to try to do it all on your own. Sometimes the the way that our soul speaks to us is through others. Because sometimes we're not letting ourselves hear it from ourselves. And so the teacher, the
1: teacher shows up when the student is ready. Sometimes the teacher is a hug from a loved one. Sometimes the teacher is
0: sitting up from the toilet after you vomited six times, letting yourself hear you. Sometimes the teacher is the experience, is a physical occurrence, is a hug, is a person. Not that it's that that specific person has said or done the perfect thing, but that you let yourself learn through their eyes
1: how to be back in touch with you, how to accept yourself that you're okay. We don't always know the path forward.
0: Most of the time, we don't or we think we do, and yet
1: we don't know the surprises that are about to come to us. But in that moment, accepting.
0: It's almost like there's a difference between giving up and letting go, and I feel like that's a podcast episode in itself. But truly just saying, this is where
1: I'm at, this is how I feel, and loving me in that moment. That's, it's not like this is the way to get out of the dark night of the soul. It's not like there's a step-by-step
0: here. But what I'll find is what that did is it took away some of the extra suffering I was layering onto it. I still felt in the dark. I still didn't know where I was headed. But there was a sense of, and that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. And it wasn't just a thought. It was something, a quality within, an acceptance that I had for me. And so I began leaning into my intuitive urges more and more. I started with things like my closet, like, what do I, I want to wear today? And then I would bring it into my coaching because I, I didn't want to take a mental-only approach. So I would begin to trust my intuitive callings when coaching. And then I began doing this thing where I wrote a love letter to myself every day for 30 days. While at the time it felt like kind of a hokey exercise, each day that I did it, I felt more and more in love with me. And it wasn't just me spewing words. What I was doing without realizing it was I was tapping into my soul essence. The one writing the letter wasn't my ego, but my inner quality, that soul within, that spirit. And it was guiding the words. And it was like I was channeling myself to myself through
1: my writing. I felt more at one with myself. I wasn't in complete peace. But I was on my way. I was beginning to put the building blocks of the next tower. But I didn't need there to be a tower yet. And so I continued to follow these urges because I felt like I really had nothing
0: else left. I didn't believe in anything I thought I believed in anymore. That tower had cl- crumbled away. I mean, okay, that's dramatic. When I say that, I mean in terms of thinking and coaching and the way we create results and what we value. I, I, still, I still had a foundation of belief in like my marriage in my family, and my dog, like those sorts of things. But in terms of processes of coaching and how things are created, I didn't believe that. I didn't hold on to the old beliefs anymore. Those had crumbled away.
1: And so what I had were those intuitive nudges, and I just let myself hear them. First, it was like these little whispers, these little nudges. And to fast
0: forward to present day, what that did was it transformed how I coached because now I know the value of intuition. I'm not denying it, I'm leading with it in my sessions, creating that space from that energetic, intuitive calling, not head driven, not egoically driven, spiritually driven. And also knowing that I don't know what my clients need. All I know is what I'm called to do in that moment. Trusting in the universe, in it guiding me to say something that maybe will help, maybe won't. But I don't judge what it is that I'm saying. There were, there are still times when I do, but when I catch it, I know
1: that it just means I have something more to release. And so there's more work for me to do of course. But I do feel like the darkness now has turned to light.
0: And what I've done is I noticed how these intuitive hits were coming. And so my coaching philosophy is around bringing the ego and the soul together. And the way I was able to get to this place was first I coached based on ego only. And you saw how that worked out. And so then I switched and went to soul only, those urges, those intuitive hits. And both ways worked in the sense of people were getting results in both ways. But what I was realizing is the extreme ends of the spectrum here of just soul
1: or just ego, because we are humans, physical beings in human form. Physical beings, in
0: the sense that we have a body, but we aren't the body. We are souls. We are energy in human form, focused to this point, this reality here. We created the ego to help our human selves survive. And so we don't want to just fully deny the mental qualities that drive us. We need a sense of structure, we need the masculine. Ego and the feminine flow energy, we need both of those together. And so, what I began to do was recalibrate like a pendulum that swings way one way and then way the other. I was then, I've come to more of this middle ground, bringing them together. And what I did was, I brought my ego on board again. And I said, We're not coaching for the sake of the ego, we're using the ego to advocate for the soul. And so now when I coach and what I teach coaches to do and career professionals to do is to get in touch with both aspects of themselves, use the ego for them, find ways to allow the ego to evolve, not to kill it off completely. So it never comes back. But there are times when it does need to crumble and tumble away and evolve into another version to support your evolution so that your soul's desires expression can come through. And so what I did was I allowed my ego to come back in to help me create a structure for my intuition to play. Not that you have to trap the intuition into a structure, but that sometimes it can help to give yourself a sense of, well, where am I going here? That egoic part of us benefits from that. And so I created the soul activation framework that brings the soul and the ego together to help you find a sense of alignment, to coach yourself at both the level of the ego and the soul so that you can lead a life of alignment with who you are. And sometimes that means there are those dark nights where you feel lost because your ego is crumbling, not to go away forever, but to reimagine itself. And with each reimagining what I found, each dark night, none of them have been as strong as the one I just shared with you, but there have been other changes that feel like more than just me changing a value. They feel deeper than that. It does feel like the ego crumbles. But with each reimagining of it after it crumbles away, the version that comes
1: is a better advocate for my soul, is more accepting of life, is more appreciating
0: the intuition. So I'm reconstructing my ego, reconstructing it over and over. With each evolution getting
1: closer and closer to being at one with the soul. And what this means is personality changes,
0: feeling like a different person than maybe I was before, and yet also still the same person because I'm still that energy, that inner wisdom within, but I'm connected
1: to it. And so while that dark night of the soul has found the light, I do not dismiss the fact that there may be another coming. But I know now that it's okay. And I think because I've gone through it before, I have a sense of security in that, that I will find my way. Because I also know how to hear myself. It doesn't mean that I won't be hard because the things
0: that we attach to the most from an egoic place are often
1: difficult to let go. But I'm ready for it. And I know when I'm, when I'm fully ready for it, it'll start to happen. And I've learned to listen that
0: much sooner. And so for those of you listening, wherever you're at in your journey, whether you're in the dark night, whether you found some light, or whether you think one is coming. I hope that this episode gives you some insights, to different ways to approach it.
1: If anything, I hope it leaves you knowing you're not alone. We are in this journey together. And even if we haven't met each other before, we are in this together. We are
0: here in this time, in space, on this journey together for one another, whether we know why or not. And so one, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being
1: here on this journey. And two, if you feel alone, there are times when that's just because we're so inward focused on ourselves for good reason, for growth. But that when we zoom back out and see the greater picture,
0: we can realize we're energetically connected. It's, it's almost like impossible to be alone, but also we're always alone because we are all connected in that way. To that greater essence. If we were to zoom out, zoom out, zoom out, to get to the point where you see all that is, we'll see all that is is one. And so, in a sense, we're alone because there's only one. But in the sense, there is no alone because you can't have alone. Alone implies a separateness from. But I'm saying there is no separateness, and so you can't actually be alone. You can you can only feel alone, and yet we also are alone in the sense that it's one, but even in saying that it's one, we've, we don't have it quite right because saying there's one implies that there could be more than one too. So, so the words just can't capture it because words are separateness in themselves too. It's taking this vibrational energy and filtering it down into a human capacity, human sense of speech. And so we can never really fully capture or encapsulate what it
1: is. But we can start to feel into the quality of it. Dark nights of the soul can feel dramatic. Because you literally are ripping apart yourself.
0: But not for the sake of self-destruction, to just stay in destruction. It's for the sake of rebirth. It's to be that caterpillar being torn apart in the cocoon to emerge as the butterfly. We may do this
1: multiple times in our life. And so if that's where you're at, I invite you to find a sense of trust. Trust
0: that the butterfly is emerging, even if you don't see how. You don't need to know. That's the universe's business, not yours. And if we can be one with ourselves by meeting ourselves where we're at, and
1: sometimes the way to do that is through loved ones, like I shared with my story, that hug for my husband. We are not needing to have all the answers, and
0: that's where the ego can sometimes get misguided. And trying to solve
1: the equation of what it means to live, we can lose sight of living. And so I offer this episode for
0: anyone out there who's experienced this before you are not alone.
1: Thank you for being on this journey. It is an honor to be here with you. These are not just words. I hope you feel the energy behind them. It is my desire to share. I truly
0: appreciate you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role, or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com schedule. This is your free call, and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in
1: your way with salt.